3: Hi, and this is Daddy Herman. You're back to, we're back to the second part of ION Real Estate. I'm here with one of the most successful real estate attorneys, big deals, little deals, complicated deals, commercial, residential. He's an expert legal mind in re- anything real estate from the firm Kasson & Casson, Stephen Ever. Good morning, Stephen, or good afternoon, should I say.
4: Yeah, good. Good morning. We can say still. It's still good morning. It's the weekend. We get a little bit more time. <laughs> good, good. Good. Good to see you. Hope everything's going well.
3: Yes, everything's going well. I'm, I'm on my way back to New York, and I'm um, looking forward to it. I was just saying that Florida, the property like I can't. I can't even tell you. Like there's again, there's no inventory, and there's just uh, so many people moving to the uh, to uh, Florida. Lots. Um, you know, so I think people, uh, yeah, and I, I see a lot of people in New York moving here. And I, I think Florida was always a place that they moved to, when, you know. So, uh, and the building is unbelievable, you know, construction. But New York is busy as heck also. I think most markets are very busy and people are moving and real estate's big. So we were talking, okay, about, you know, you know, with A's sort of about contracts and and when you go to contract and things that you have to do, what tips? I mean, oh, well, let me ask you this: What are things that you think that buyers or sellers? Because sellers need to know things also. Um, what What are some of the most What advice would you give them, or things that you think that they should know?
4: You know, what's, you know, it's it's a great it's a great question. And real estate is, is an area of cycles. And you have, it's interesting, the more things change in a way, and it sounds a little cliche, but the more they stay the same. So where I think we are in the market right now, and what's really top of mind on the buyer side, and let's start with buyers first, is really, can I lock in my economics, right? I'm bidding on a property. Yeah, the price matters, of course, but what monthly payment am I going to be living with for years to come in the future? And so top oh, of mind right now is locking in those interest rates. Um, and, and it's definitely key that the broker, the mortgage professional, and the lawyer are on the same page so that way we can do everything possible so we can really make sure that those economics are what the buyer expects. That's probably top of mind for a lot of buyers right now.
3: So when buyers are getting okay, and what about sellers? When they when they have so many offers, and I'm watching that. You know, there's like ten offers. How do you how do you tell them to advise them to even conduct? And you know, where there's a lot of offers, and every broker kind of doing it a little different. I mean, and legally they legally now I'm talking New York state law. I can't speak for Florida law. I don't know it, but sure in New sure. York state. Don't you have to show all offers or tell the person about everything, even if it's low?
4: Yeah, so, so absolutely. So, so a couple things. So one, it's tough on the sellers um, when, you know, they're, they, they're trying, they see all these offers coming in, which is wonderful, but sometimes a blessing in a way could be a curse. And sometimes I see sort of, you know, sellers almost get a little paralyzed. Like, which one do I go with? How do I determine? And the first thing I always tell sellers is, what's motivating you? And they say, what do you mean? I say, look, on the one hand, of course, everyone wants to walk away with the most amount of money in their pocket. Who doesn't, right? That's what every seller yeah. wants. But there's a little more to that story. It's not always about the highest price per se. Sometimes it's about flexibility of terms. So, for example, I tell the seller, I say, wait a minute, how's, how's the condition of your house? I'm like, when was the last time you made updates and made your repairs? By the way, are you buying another property and you need the money from your sale to make that purchase? Are you going to rent? By the way, are you maybe in an unconventional situation? For example, I have a client right now. Um, the, it's a couple that's engaged. She owns an apartment. He owns an apartment. They're going to sell them both, and then they're going to buy one together. Well, you know, now all of a sudden, wait a minute, do they need the money from both apartments or just one of them? Will that be enough to make the purchase happen? So what does that mean for sort of timing and closing date and maybe being able to rent back for a little bit so you have a place to live before the next apartment closing? So there's a lot of things to juggle. So obviously, look, all things being equal, getting the highest price, sure, on the one hand, that's the best. But- there are definitely other things to consider. You know, is there a mortgage contingency? Is there maybe a bonus from work? I had another deal that almost fell apart earlier this week. We were done. And then the buyer said, I'm sorry, I can't buy the place. And why? My, client, my client called them up and said, what happened? I thought you liked it. He goes, I did. I love the place. Well, why don't you want to buy it? I just got a promotion at work. I've been named a partner, but I have a buy-in at work. So now if I do the buy-in at work, I don't know if I'm going to be able to qualify and get a mortgage because now all of a sudden I have this buy-in. Wow. So we thought the deal was dead, and then all of a sudden we talked to them further, and he talked to his company, and they restructured his buy-in. So now he's becoming a partner, good for the buyer, congratulations to him, and oh, also yeah. he can still buy the apartment. So
3: oh, so you got the best of both.
4: He got the best of both worlds. So that, you got to find out always what's motivating people, right? you got to find out what their stress points are and then um, see if you can really accommodate that and, and make it work. And in the end, in that case, we could make it work for both sides. That Unfortunately, doesn't always happen, but we're able to make it work that time. And I'd say probably the biggest questions to ask are, what's motivating your client and the other side so you can prepare accordingly? That's the real, that's the real crux of the question.
3: Right. So let me ask you though, when you when you advise with buyers, like, do you advise them? Because buyers, sellers, excuse me. A lot of times, here's what the agents will tell me. Oh, I hear them. The seller doesn't want to hear anything under this price. Like in other words, let's say the the listing is, let's just use seven nine seven hundred ninety nine thousand. Okay. Well, either he doesn't want to see any offers that are less than seven ninety nine. Do you think that's wise?
4: So it's very, very tough. I'm, I'm going to make one side comment first before answering that question. All right. You know, yes. it reminds me, the problem with some of the real estate transactions, it's sort of like the old story of the boy who cried wolf. Remember that story from growing up? Yes. Right? You yes, said there was yes. a wolf, there wasn't a wolf, the villagers came out, and then finally I said, forget it, and then all of a sudden one day there really was a wolf. My take on that is as a professional – at the end of the day, if what your client wants you to do, as long as it's legal and ethical, you do it. But and here's the big but you gotta protect them from yourself from themselves sometimes. And I believe a broker should tell the seller all offers. And I think what they should do, and I think they have a legal obligation to do it, is tell the seller, Look, I know you told me if it's below seven ninety nine not to bother you. But I'm telling you, they offer it seven seventy. And it would be wise to engage them, and I can come and we can engage them a few different ways. I can engage them by saying, as I told you before, the seller is firm. That unless if you're giving me 7.99, we're not going to counter, and that's the conversation. At least have some communication, um, or you, you can discuss a different negotiation strategy. But I always believe that one relay information. At the end of the day, maybe there are changes in the mind of the client. Maybe at a certain point they're under a financial pressure that didn't exist the week before. Maybe they learned that, wait a minute, the building's about to have a lot of construction going on or something different in the neighborhood, and you know what, maybe I will consider something different. Or you just start talking and negotiating. So you never push people away.
3: You see, I'm so glad you said that because – I feel the same way. First of all, I believe, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but somewhere along my real estate career, I believe that I was told that you have to present all offers to sellers because the seller could say, you know, you see, maybe today I didn't, you know, oh, well, if I would have known that, maybe I would have taken it. So I think you have to present it, even if it's in insignificant amount. Okay, so I tell a seller, if somebody wants to offer a dollar, but I think New York State, I have to tell you. You don't have to take it, and as you said, you know a lot of people, you know, just come in with maybe a lower offer, but they 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 just want to negotiate, and they might end up being the best customer you have. They right? I mean, you don't know until you start working with somebody. And so, a
4: hundred percent. I mean, I'll tell you the I have a funny personal story. So I oh. sold one of my apartments years ago. And I didn't pick a broker, and I generally advise using a broker, even if you're in real estate. But I couldn't pick one because, honestly, I know so many, if I picked one out, I'd upset someone else. So I made the conscious decision. I said I'd rather get less money than make anybody upset. So I decided to list my own apartment, which was a lot of work, and it makes you appreciate what people do. But it worked out in the end. And um, But I remember it was Father's Day, and I had an open house, and nobody showed up. And so I tell the doorman, I said, look, I've set aside two hours. It's been like an hour and 45 minutes. Nobody's here. You know what? I'm going to go catch the train out and see my, you know, my parents for Father's Day in Long Island. Um, and literally, I go upstairs. gets changing because obviously we're one thing if I'm running an open house versus just a casual family gathering. And then the doorman calls up. Someone's here to see your apartment. This, guy, this gentleman shows up. He's with his girlfriend. And his mother, who came in from Europe, and showed him around. And then I took him to the roof deck of the building, which is really magnificent. Great views all around. Like, oh, do you mind if we take some pictures? They said, sure. And they're talking about how the city, and I'm like, never in a million years. This is like a social call. And he's showing mom, who's in from out of town, what the right. city
3: looks like. So you think the guy's just full cool. it?
4: Thought of a waste of my time everything. He didn't come in with a broker either. I'm like, eh, yeah, waste. He was the guy who bought it. And we set a record in the building price per square foot at that time. You never know. That's a and great I story.
3: That really is a great story because you just never know. And I, I, as, as my advice to sellers, you know, again, you, you need to, don't ever say, I don't want to hear anything, you know, or oh, I don't want to hear any offers if it's not full price because you never know. And I've also seen. Now it's hard now because there's no inventory. But in markets where there was inventory, I would remember that people had one or two. Like they would have offers on three houses. Now you, it's not the market that you should see now because there's no inventory to do that. So Steve, what do you and what do you foresee the? What do you foresee the um, future like? What do you see? What is your, No one knows the future. Uh, but now you hear you hear people saying like this is the news. Well, I hear recession, I hear uh, slowdown, I hear prices are going to. You know, if you read every paper, and I try to read a lot for this show, all, everyone has a different take on it because no one really knows. What do you what do you what are you thinking? It looks like.
4: Well, so I think a few things. I, I think number one, there's a great line, um, which is decades old that says, when your neighbor is out of work, it's a recession. When you're out of work, it's a depression. (laughs) And and I I think that that hits the nail on the head. The the reality is, if you look at some of the unemployment data, you know, we have very low unemployment. And I think there's still plenty of job opportunities. You see salary growth. And I think it's always the same thing. And I think real estate's a good analogy for the economy. Quality things, always have value you make it a little more you make it a little less it may take a little longer but there's always opportunity and that's what's great Um, and I think the other thing also is that remember for people say oh everyone's selling guess what for every sell sale you need a buyer so keep that in mind where you know yes you can talk about trends and yes population movements absolutely and Florida has a hundred percent grown and grown well for a variety of smart reasons during COVID. But do keep in mind, you know, people are saying they're all selling. Well, there's a lot of buyers coming in. Now, here's what I would say. And I think this is, and I, and I think on a couple of trends. You know, to me, recessions are not as interesting as an economic issue, and, and let me explain why. You're gonna have growth, less growth, a little bit of contraction, comeback. These cycles do happen and they're never going away. There's a variety of reasons. It's the question of severity. I think our couple of issues is really, and our biggest is really governance and making sure that we manage our currency and economy and our regulations properly, getting that right balance. I mean, right now our debt for the country is very high. It's also very high in a lot of other countries too. You know, for example, the rate of debt growth in China is multi factors faster than the United States? So it's not just an America issue. A lot of countries around the world have major debt issues um, that need, at some point, will have some reconciliation, and that really has an impact on the growth of a country. And then, and ultimately, we're having even that. People seem
3: to be thinking about that, though. I mean, I, you know, I they don't even hear about it anymore. I mean, they don't really seem to focus on it.
4: At some point, it's going to rear its ugly head. Right. It's going to have to. It's going to tie in with inflation. It's going to affect savings. That, that is the real, I mean, to me, the number one concern. And ultimately, that will affect the growth and the ability to provide and society to do more innovative things. And because more and more the economy will go to pay the debt service off. And this is where there's a real tension going on, because on the one hand, you're going to see an increase in rates, generally speaking because that does need to tie in with the economy. But there's a danger to governments around the world that as rates go up, the cost of governments to borrow and keep their debt in check um, goes up, which means that they can do less substantively for society. So there is a real, real concern in my mind that rates, you know, as they move, it can have an impact. The upside of that for the home consumer who wants to buy a home is while we're in in an environment, rates are going up, mortgage rates have gone up. Let's put this in perspective. Historically, mortgage rates were usually in the nines. You know, we're talking about a movement from, let's say, high threes, low fours. The rates are still excellent. That's what I said. And that's important, but it's all about expectations, right? If you're used to seeing the first number be a three and then you say a four, oh my gosh, it's very high. But if you're used to understanding the history, you realize these are still great rates. Now, that being said, the average consumers will say, I don't care if I have a great rate, a fantastic rate, or a horrible rate. What I care about is what do I got to pay each month to own my home? And this ties into the pressure that they're putting on mortgage broker and legal to get the deal done. And, and here's the warning out there. And I see this a lot now in the last month, every deal with financing at some point, the the following story happens. Why? The client calls up and says, my loan officer said, I can't lock in my rate until I have a signed contract and they want to know where to sign the contract. And I'll tell them, I totally understand. I'm sympathetic your broker called me 20 minutes ago to say the offer was accepted. We don't even know who the other lawyer is, let alone getting the contract yet. It's going to take a few days and due diligence and so forth. It won't take long, but you got to understand it's going to be a few days to get that all to happen. But that's one thing that's out there. The next thing is, and this is where it's very important to talk to multiple lenders, is your interest rate lock. What happens is, is as long as you close – Before your rate lock expires, the bank will honor the rate that they quote. If you don't close by then, then the bank does not have to honor. And either you 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 have to pay.
3: If you close by what you said you would, is that what you said?
4: By the rate lock date. So, for example, let's say, Dottie, you got an accepted offer today and the bank locked you in and you have 90 days to close. If you close in 90 days, that rate they quoted you is guaranteed. If you don't close by that date, the rate is not guaranteed, and it can either go up or you pay a fee. And I'll tell you, not all banks are the same, and it's critical to have that conversation because some banks might give you 60, some 120, and this all ties into the date that we're going to have in the contract for closing. And so that is a critical thing to be aware of and will affect your monthly payment for the life of that loan.
3: Thank you. That is very, very good advice. Like you really, really, really hone in on that because people don't realize that. I really mean it. Okay, we have a quick break. We'll be right back.
0: Perfect. River Spring Residences is an assisted living community in Riverdale, just minutes from Manhattan. River Spring offers breathtaking views of the Hudson River, gourmet meals, and top-of-the-line security and medical staff. River Spring is the right amount of support your loved ones need. Assisted joy, assisted comfort, assisted friendship, assisted community, and, yes, assisted independence. River Spring Residences, the people you love will love it here. Call 833-56-RIVER. That's
1: 833-56-RIVER or visit
0: riverspringresidences.org.
1: You know, a business that epitomizes strong family values and tradition over many years is Pat LaFreda Meat Purveyors. Established in 1922 in Manhattan's Meatpacking District, Pat LaFreda Meat Purveyors has been an institution in the New York restaurant scene for three generations. If you've experienced a delicious cut of meat at a premier restaurant within the tri-state area, odds are it was a Pat LaFreda product. Pat LaFreda supplies over 1,600 restaurants a day. You don't keep up that pace unless you're on top of your game. Talk about a true New York success story. Today, LaFreda Meat Purveyors operates two of the nation's largest state-of-the-art facilities in North Bergen, New Jersey, keeping to their local New York, New Jersey roots. Go online to LaFreda.com. It's L-A-F-R-I-E-D-A.com
2: so let's grow together.
5: Visit SalemSurroundNewYork.com.
0: Balance of Nature's
2: fruits and vegetables in
0: a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. Well, I drive a truck for a living. I don't get hardly any exercise. I'm not kidding you now. I'm not easily sold on anything. But I'm a firm believer in this product. You know, I watched those uh, advertisements for two or three years and listened to the radio going down the road. And I said, something's got to be going on with that product for that many people to do ads for them. And I'll tell you what, I I just uptown a while ago, I told some of my buddies, I said, I'm not BSing you, man. I'm not kidding you. It's amazing. It totally amazes me. Experience the balance of nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1 800 2468 751. That's 800 2468 751. Or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code THE ANSWER.
2: Continuing with ION Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information, here's the host of ION Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman. Dottie Herman.
3: Hi, we're back. You're listening to Iron Real Estate. I'm here with Stephen Ebert, and we're so continuing. Please, Stephen, continue talking. We were in the discussion right before the break. Yeah, closing absolutely. And, and timing of, of when you know the attorney gets going. Could you elaborate on that a bit more? Or?
4: Absolutely. So what we're talking about before the break is that you know if you don't close before your rate lock expiration date. And your bank will tell you to, until which date the rate is guaranteed. If you close after that date, the rate is no longer guaranteed. And either it might reset or you may have to pay a fee to keep it. And, you know, people may have forgotten about this over the last year or two because, one, rates were a little more stable. And number two, there were a number of rules in effect on banks due to COVID, which really limited the circumstances which they would not extend that rate lock time period. So now what happens is if you're a buyer, on the one hand, you have this psychological rush in your mind to say, let me lock in my economics, let me lock in my rate today immediately. But there's a concern because if you lock in too early, what if you don't close on time? So we need to be mindful and have good communication amongst the constituent parties to make sure that the closing date in the contract really squares well with your rate lock expiration date. Now, keep in mind, every jurisdiction around the country is different when it comes to how flexible the closing date. You know, you're going to see a date in the contract, and you'll see a lot of times referred to sort of an honor about estimated date, subject to reasonable agreement. But keep in mind, in some states, that means the parties can delay maybe about 10 days. But in other states, it could be more like around a month. So if we, Dottie, sign a contract today that says honor about June 15th for a close, and your rate lock is only good to, let's say, June 20th, the seller in most states would be within their rights to push back June 20th as a closing date if they needed to. And, and so the buyer could be hit with some extra expenses. So it's absolutely critical, while knowing what the contract says, to understand how your jurisdiction works, but also the motivation of the other party. For example, important, a lot of times this time of year, sellers want to get their home in contract if they're moving, but if they have kids, they want to finish out the school year. So, for example, if you're dealing with a seller like that, find out when the school year ends because you know they're going to try to make that date and push it out. Find out are they renting or buying and how is that deal going? And if they, the seller is buying a house under construction, how far along is it? Are they going to try to delay the closing on their sale to, make, to wait till that new house is ready at the detriment of the buyer? There's a lot of little things to keep in mind, because if you make a mistake, it can cost you, and it can cost you in every payment. And if you get a 30-year mortgage that you keep, that is 360 payments, where it'll cost you.
3: Well, thank you, Steve, so much, because you know what? And as I said, thank you for giving up your time on a Saturday. I know you have little kids and a wife, so thank you for all of the work, because really these things are so important, and Steve. is probably one of the leading real estate attorneys that you could have in New York or in other States. So thank you. We love hearing from you and sharing such valuable information and have a great weekend and uh, have a great holiday.
4: My my pleasure. And happy Passover. Good Friday. Happy Easter. And also I hate to say it. Don't forget to file your taxes. You get through, Um, you get to Monday the 18th this year instead of Friday, the 15th because of the holidays. But But file on time.
3: So we have a little extension, like it was the 18th. That was nice. You get one
4: more weekend. Thanks. (laughs) Very nice. But don't let it ruin the holiday. Get it done in advance. Thanks. Take care.
3: Take care. Thanks. Happy holidays. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks. We have a special guest that I told you at the beginning of the show. Uh, It's one of my closest, closest friends and the number one housewife. Who started the housewives in New York, and probably one of the best marketing people I know, who's done a whole home home line. Uh, do I have Jill Zarin here? Yes, you do. Hi, yes, Jill. Do. Good morning, Dottie. Wow, coming from you, that is the biggest compliment to say that. So I, I, I am very. That. I mean, I, 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 follow you. I follow all of you. Know, I just actually, I just saw that. You know, Jill. Well, Jill goes back. From one of the original housewives, um, and to this day, whatever I'm with her, there's crowds that that go after her, and she has a line of of, of products for the home. I just saw you did the sh- sheets and beddings and things of that. And she, I Jill, do. Us, I how just did you started. go from a so. housewife? Tell us. To now, okay, you have one so. of the, most, the greatest businesses that is so, that's affordable and just great. Tell it's us about it. Really It it actually has been really exciting. It's been exciting. My whole life is exciting, I have to say. I I try to make it exciting. Um, So I, you know, uh, for those who don't know, I was on the original first uh, season, first four seasons of The Real Houses of New York City. I was one of the first ones cast, and I brought on Bethany, Ramona, and Luann. Um, And then the other, the fifth one uh, was a Family from Brooklyn. And that was really the beginning. And I know that Andy is talking about doing a legacy show, so that's kind of exciting to hear about what's uh what bravo's thinking but on a personal level uh, i was always in i loved retail i knew when i was a kid that i wanted to own, i thought i wanted to own my own store and my mother being such a great mother uh and and you know her so well Dottie, she really um, I, do. I have i have a sister who's older than me and i always get smarter than me and more cerebral and she went to law school and went the route of um I went that route and became a judge. Uh, she's a sitting judge now and she's still an attorney. Uh, and I was very different than her. My mother treated us very differently and she knew that I was not the best student, uh, though I was smart. Uh, so she wanted to right away find me a college that had an internship program, which I still believe very strongly in. If you know your children and they're great workers, but maybe not great students, that they're better off spending their time in an internship like Northwestern, like Northeastern has and finding a school that really focuses on working. That's why I, I mean, not to digress, but I really believe strongly in schools that specialize in anything, you know, that your child is good at, whether it's art or being a, a mechanic or whatever it is, you don't have to, be good in science and English, uh, to have a great, successful career. So my mother always knew that I needed to work. And so I went to a school that had an internship program, and I became a buyer ultimately at a department store. So I always knew about buying and selling and building a business. So when I had the opportunity, and I married Bobby Zarin, who for those in the real estate world know, uh, owned one of the largest fabric warehouses in New York, supplied a lot of fabric, to a lot of homes, especially when fabric was so big, you know, window treatments and all that stuff years ago, and everyone loved lots of fabric. Um, Bobby Zarin, that I worked with him in his store on the Lower East Side. And from there, just having my own brand, I kind of just put one and one together and I got, and, and a little bit of luck. I always say that it's still a little bit of luck that makes the success, for real success.
4: You know? I say that too. Don't you
3: believe that? I say that too. Yeah. You no, know, I, I. You can't. It's not just luck, but you have to have a little luck too. No, you have to have a little luck. Someone said to me, it's called favor, and I said, well, favor's a little different. Favor's kind of like more spiritual, and and in the sense that. You know, you do good to get good. And I do believe that, you know, holistically that, you know, if you, if you uh, live a good life, you'll have a good afterlife. You know, if you're a good person, good things happen to you. And I believe that. But I also believe in dumb luck, too. You know, that you just have, if you have just a little dumb luck in life. So uh, a combination of all those things got me to where I am now. And I have a line of, uh, my whole brand, Jill's Aaron Home, is affordable luxury. I mean, that's the that's pr- pretty much the emits of it. And I have a rug line that is very practical. It is uh Um, it is pet proof meaning because I have a dog that likes to go on my rugs and all over (laughs) my house and always has been and isn't trained and I do everything I can so I'm just practical and I always have had rugs that are um, that are pet proof and these really are and so affordable I mean my largest rugs are around $500 and those are like 9 by 12 gigantic rugs and And they're beautiful because And they're beautiful. They have silk. They have a silk-like quality to them, so they have kind of a sheen, but beautiful. And patterns very easy, very contemporary. Um, And they're all available at JillZarin.com. That's my website. But they're in stores as well. And so from the rugs, I started to expand. So now I have bedding, and the bedding. I have to say, uh, Suzanne, a mutual friend, is at my house in Boca right now, and she can't believe my bedding. It doesn't wrinkle. The duvet covers all have ties in the corners so that you can hold the duvet in place. Um, and they're microfiber, but they are they feel like so soft. They're softer than cotton, and they're really easy to clean. So those are a, a whole set of king, including the sheets and the duvet, are about $100. So you can't do better wow. than ours. You know, I really, I, I just do. I cut out the middleman, and I just direct the consumer. You know, instead of doubling and doubling and doubling, so that there's lots of room for profits for everybody, I just go direct to consumer, and so that's how people get it. you. Oh, Jill I mean, Just com. go to your site. Just that. that go, yeah. to site. go to my yeah, site. Go to my site. Yeah, and I'm not. And now, I'm I mean, you have beautiful stuff. That's beautiful. It's, and, it's, and it's very, you know, timely and the, and the uh, colors are very easy and neutral and grays and creams and blues. I also have an outdoor rug line. Now I've also added a wool rug line. It is not pet friendly, but, you know, they are gorgeous. They're like restoration hardware. They're like magnificent and they're about 50% of the price of restoration. And then I also now I'm adding, it's not on the site yet, but I have hot, um, hot towel bars because I like to have hot towels when I get out of a shower. It's like a luxury. And everyone can have can it. Can you and hold they're very go? One second. We're going to take a quick break. We're just right back. And I want you sure. to continue talking. All right? We're going to take a quick rush. We'll sure. be right back with my number one housewife, my number one friend, and probably one of the best entrepreneurs I know, and with beautiful housing goods that are affordable, Jill Zarin. We'll be right back.
5: Constructions for Services is looking for a full-time in-person human resource specialist. 82500 yearly in Valley Stream, New York. Perform HR activities including but not limited to full cycle recruitment, job postings, sourcing and recruiting candidates, managing HR databases, addressing employee relations issues, overseeing HR initiatives. Collaborate with and support HR senior leadership, marketing and management teams for increased organizational and team effectiveness. Minimum requirements, master's degree in business communications, HR or related field. Minimum three years of related experience. Experience managing HR initiatives and projects. Leadership and decision making skills to lead meeting, train staff, and problem solve. Organizational and managerial skills to prioritize, plan, and manage workload. Submit resume by email to jobs at Once again, submit resume by email to jobs at That's jobs at Jobs at MagnaFlood has been a leading name in outdoor and area lighting for over 70 years. Family owned and operated since 1951, they've built a loyal following by maintaining control over the manufacturing and production process and with their outstanding customer service. From CAD to completion, from drawings to finishing fixtures, everything is done all under one roof. MagnaFlood supplies lighting solutions for the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, the School Construction Authority, New York State Bridge Authority, and the Metropolitan Transportation Authority among others. If you've ever driven over the brooklyn bridge or taken a trip to grant's tomb you've seen magnaflood's incredible lighting they've recently manufactured over 18,000 new lighting fixtures for installation on new york city streets and in parks as well as in cities across the country with their manufacturing facility in the heart of long island their in-house capabilities include molding welding painting fabricating and much more call 631-226-1000 or visit magnaflood.com for your outdoor lighting needs magnaflood lighting your way
1: the Salem Business Breakfast is back, and it's happening on April twenty seventh. Hear from an expert panel on all things business. Gain invaluable insights that can't be found anywhere else. It's happening on Wednesday, April twenty seventh, at the fabulous Saccone Theater at Bergen Community College in Paramus, with the legendary attorney Arthur Idala as moderator. I'll be broadcasting live with the whole morning team. That's right, myself, Al, Debbie. And Joey Sabilia will be doing the show on location at the Salem Business Breakfast. A gourmet breakfast from DR Catering will be served. Bring lots of business cards to enter for several great prizes. You'll come away with information, contacts, and motivation to grow your business. Entry is free, but you must register online, please, at am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. The Salem Business Breakfast is sponsored by MagnaFlood, Inc., lighting your way.
2: Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Ion Real Estate, the Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman.
3: We're back. I'm Dottie Herman. You're listening to Eye on Real Estate. I'm here with Jill Zarin, who launched. Uh, how long did we have? Yeah, yeah launched the, the most wonderful products and 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 rugs, and now. Sheets and, and 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 now you have and now you know, have now I, I is that i have a whole furniture line i have um i have you know you put it together yourself it comes flat and it is unbelievably affordable each piece you know it could be especially for apartment living where you just don't have a lot of space all my pieces really fit almost anywhere and they come in white where it's more modern and, be, and i also have it in different uh shades of wood and all you have to do is put it together. And if you can't put it together yourself, for about sixty bucks, you can hire somebody to come to your house. I mean, that's what's so great today with the internet and these apps—you can just hire someone to come to your house and put it together for you. So there's no stress. Um, so yeah, no, it's very exciting, Dottie, that I have. All well, these how did you? To make- no, I mean, I know. I, how did you get into all this? Because you really are—I mean, I, I'm looking, and every day I see something else. And by the way, with the pandemic, Jill and her daughter did masks. And they were like yeah. beautiful. I mean, they were fun, and they yeah, were. We look, just, it was, was, was maps in my backyard. I know it's crazy. You yeah. it know, we still it out of just, our house. I remember I'm you. Yeah. So no, I. No, but we just one. So it's you, great. Um, I'm an entrepreneur, like you are. You know, it's yeah. it's in your blood, Dottie, isn't it? Yeah, I think that. I that's what I say. I think that it's either in your blood or it's not. You know, and it's not. It just. But but you're not well, only not an entrepreneur, an and I don't say this because you I'm your friend. You're not only an entrepreneur. I mean, you're. I think you're brilliant. I think you're a wonderful human being, as your whole family is. But I also think, out of the, all the people I know, you're a brilliant marketer. I mean, you really know how to market. And today, uh, you have to be able to reach people and market them. And uh, because if they don't know if they don't know you're around. Or they don't know but it's, but it's really United I know people. it's very hard though. I have to say and it's much harder now than it was um, unfortunately for me before I re- really got started. I mean, for people in the internet world of business, they know that la- about a year ago, the Apple company decided to change their restrictions on the phone so that um, and, and you know, on on one level, it's, you know, very good privacy. It's really important. Um, My sister's a big advocacy advocate for privacy. She doesn't have um, any of those devices in the house that can listen and spy on her. She makes me turn everything off when she comes to my house. But the downside of that is for marketers is that we can't reach you, and we can't uh, – um, it, it's very, very expensive to market, Sonny. I mean, literally, it's not like the old days, You know, in the old Somebody days – someone came me with a business say, plan, and I said – someone came to me with a business plan, you know, a friend. And they said, well, what, what, this product is unknown. Where, where is the money allotted for marketing? And they didn't have any. Right? And then they had, like, some low number. I'm like, well, you guys don't know. A marketing is a fortune. A fortune. I mean, you will literally spend – I think it's cheaper to have a store now, a brick-and-mortar store, than to have a business online. That's how expensive marketing dollars are, depending on your product. But, you you know, in the old days, just as an example, if you – let's say if Dottie Herman bought something from me, right, right. I could go into the computer and say, um, tell me everyone who looks like Dottie and what their email address is, meaning, like, what your profile looks like. Since you bought right. my product, what do all your friends look like? And I can market to them. I can market. to If you bought something from somewhere, I can market and follow all those followers. You can't anymore. There's like right. a wall of China, I, you know, like the black. You can't. Well, you can't. It's, You're really no, throwing you to the wall now. You can't like they used to, like, if you bought a dress, let's say, then they knew that you bought that dress and they would send you pictures of things like that. You can't. They can still do that a little bit. Like, that you can get um, a little bit. But you can't get, like, in the old days of following followers. Another, you know, following someone's Facebook followers, for example. Like, if you bought from me, I could then follow all. I could uh, target and get all the information on all your friends and their Facebook addresses and all that information. You, no, can't, you can't get that. Do can't get anymore. You can't get anything anymore. Um, and what you can get is so expensive, and it's so non-transparent. I've never seen an industry that is not held accountable for transparency in terms of lack of. Like with Facebook, if, I, if you spend less than $2 million, $2 million a year in advertising with Facebook, you cannot call anybody there. There is nobody to talk to on the phone unless you spend over $2 million with them on advertising. That's obnoxious. I mean, as an advertiser myself, even if I'm spending ten or twenty thousand a month, which is a fortune of money for me to spend, if I have a problem, I don't have anyone to call. I can send an email, and maybe I'll get an email back, maybe. But there's no one to talk to, and that's very frustrating. I find well, another thing How I don't also, think many don't people know. You no, yet, yeah, no they, don't your, uh, they don't send your. They don't it out. Like if you, if you, if you don't pay for buy for for if you don't pay. Uh, Facebook to get followers and and then if you're paying for followers you don't know if they're really gonna follow you but they don't really send out your information to many people no and the other thing is like with trying to figure out how much you're spending so if I spend $1,000 on uh, Facebook ads for three days I don't really know I mean it's very it's not so easy to figure out how much you're paying for per, per impression in other words, like right now, you might pay, you know, a dollar for an impression. Tomorrow, it might be a dollar twenty. It changes literally by the hour, by the day, and it's and it's 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 a long conversation to have about advertising. And believe me, I don't know the answers. But there's so many more questions that come up every single day, and you wonder, you know, they just get away with it. They just right. get away with but it. That's like, why. Only, well, you want to buy a magazine ad, right? You want to buy a magazine in Hampton Magazine, and they tell you it's $10,000 for a page or it's 5000 You know what you're getting. Today, in online advertising, you really don't know what you're getting. You know what you're spending, but you're not really sure what you're getting back. It's very that's a good blind. point. So anyway, that's think, a difficult part of being an online but business. But if you just, uh-huh. for our listeners, you just have to remember Jill's arms. Well, and I you go to a website and you'll find everything, okay. And I'm and a Long Island girl. I'm from Woodmere, Long Island. I'm I'm home Yeah, for sure. But they know I don't put anyone on the show. I very rarely put anyone to advertise unless it's something I really believe in, okay. And I, as soon as I get home, I have to do my measurements for one of my houses and have those rugs outside. You and have, have rugs for the summer, and yes. I told you I, I want to get them for you. You have to tell me what you need. I have to get there, and I have to measure. I don't have, you know, I I, I need more than one, so I have to measure. And I I'm the other thing I have to say about my rugs, we have up to thirty-five sizes. I mean, we have sizes that you can't even imagine. I mean, oh, I do. never even heard of such a crazy sizes. Yeah, well, like will have so seven by ten, seven by do by you, I know you work twenty four seven because I'm saying like you have so much going on at one time, and you have factories now all over. I mean, you really took this to another level. I did, and I and, I, and actually in Florida, I'm in Florida now. I just sold my house here, and I'm buying another house in two months, and I'm finishing in one in Sag Harbor a renovation. So, to say that, you know, I believe in everything I do and I use everything that I have in all my houses, you know, in every place. And I love real estate, as you know. You know, I grew up with my mother loved real estate and I love real estate. Yes, so and Anthony's real estate. She loves real estate and she buys and sells. I, I saw, you know, now you, when's your house going to be? You The house you're moving. You sold your house and you have a new one coming in two months. New one coming. Well it's not new, it's it's an older house that I have to renovate, but um that's you know in Florida you have to do a lot of the time. Uh, that closes July first and then the Hamptons, which has been fifteen months under renovation for a condo, which you know I'm I just is. I was like, I'm still but you not know what? You know, but you know what? It was worth the hassle. I mean, it was a pain in the neck, this Chicago I be. The no, no, it will, I'll be in this But summer. at the end of the day, you're ahead of the game. You would. There's nothing affordable. I mean, the Hamptons is like unbelievably, God, crazy. I know. It's it's really priced out, which is very unfortunate. It really is. Um, but But on the other hand, you know, you don't want everything to be built up. So I'm glad that there's still a lot of green space left in the Hamptons, and I don't well, want to lose that. Yeah, and speaking of that, they have. The, you know, they have in the Hamptons for every, it's called the uh, the, the conservative, you know, the land. conservative the land, Yeah, conservative. And every sale, they take X amount of money out and they keep it so that they can buy land so that they will have open spaces. And it doesn't look like a suburb where there's no open spaces and just houses and rows and houses. So, um because that's what, happens. And that's what you know, what's great about the Hamptons is that, you know, different parts, you've got beach, you've got bay, you've got water, you've got hills. I mean trees. you really do have everything out there. Yeah. A lot of you do. a lot of people don't know it because people think of the Hamptons as just beaches. And I know when I was no. first looking at houses out there, they took me to these places that had so many trees and the land was actually like more expensive if there was a certain kind of tree. You know, like on the, on the northern parts of the East Hampton, if there was a certain kind of tree, the land went for more than I didn't know the land that had, it was crazy, but it has everything out there. And I think second homes are really big. Um, and as we were saying before with this pandemic, everybody was home. So everybody got critical of their homes and realized how important they were and are continuing to improve them in 10 years. Do you think people are going to want to have those, I mean, they're white elephants, some of them, like they're just gigantic homes and huge upkeeps. Do you think that that trend is going to be No, I think that you're seeing the trends change already. I think that, you know, I mean, look, there'll always be probably someone, but um, we're looking at the millennials and, you know, the trends, and they want nice stuff, but they're not looking, and they're looking for nice finishes and things. But they're not looking now, everything is relative, but they're not looking for 24 million dollar man- they're looking at the nice house size house but they don't want those mansions that are miles away so from people work. it's so much work it is to have a house i mean it sounds great and it looks great on paper but the reality is the maintenance the upkeep it's not just the money it's the physical well just, i know, you know because i have houses and i know what the upkeep and the taxes and the hedges and you know when I bought my house, it was relatively inexpensive, and the taxes, I, the taxes in the Hamptons when I bought my house, I think the taxes were six thousand dollars, and uh, God knows what they are now, fifty. So, oh, I think pretty. we're coming to an end. Um, Jill, remember to go on Thanks Jill's hour. thank you so much, and I'll be calling you to buy my rugs for, in the next week. I'll be, I'm leaving the bar. I'll be back. I'll see you soon. Thank you. I love you. Bye everyone. Thank have you. a happy weekend. weekend. Be and have a great Passover.
5: I On Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank NA